You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we're scratching the itch to see two masters of their crafts. We, over the past few weeks, have gotten to see one of the best bass players in the world in one Les Claypool, as well as one of the best guitarists in the world in Joe Bonamassa. So I don't know how you can beat that in terms of of hitting the upper echelon of, <laughs> uh, of stringed instrument musicians. That is correct. Yeah, and that's also like within weeks of seeing Metallica too, or like the kind of yeah. like the best metal band of the world too. There you go. We're just seeing all the the, the heavyweights <laughs> lately. Yeah. <laughs> Casey is the common thread. He got to see both of these shows, and Dan as well joined him for the Joe Bonamassa show. Again, just like the Metallica weekend, I was not present, and so I just have to hear these stories secondhand from these guys. <laughs> I wasn't even president at Les Claypool. I was actually in Las Vegas during the time of that concert. Yep. So I was all by myself going to the factory yet again. Our, I don't know, second, third, fourth home at this point. <laughs> we have lots of homes. <laughs> yeah, we'd be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would consider the factory actually at this point the second home of, of all the venues so far. It's really taken a jump in the second like half of this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> it is. And so I saw this concert all the way back October 17th. And uh, it was the Fearless Flying Frog Brigade. <laughs> Which apparently is a, a a band that formed during the hiatus from Primus. Yeah. Because Les Claypool can't not make music, and he can't not make music that's weird. Under <laughs> yeah. weird names. <laughs> That is also correct. Very true. Yeah. So (laughs) what to say about this show? Um, (laughs) So I got there. I tried to get there as early as I could. I was hoping to snag a spot on the rail, but I I just missed it. There was some openings down on the far sides, but but that would have been crappy camera shots. So uh, I went ahead and did just did the second row thing. So. (laughs) <laughs> they didn't have an open. Uh, actually, that's kind of funny. For for both of these shows, they they did not have an opener. They just played. Oh, that's interesting. So Les Claypool didn't have anybody open. What do you know? Remember what time the doors opened for that show? I think it opened at seven, if I'm not mistaken. So very similar, probably. Yeah, it was like seven thirty or so. Yeah, I believe the doors opened at seven. The show didn't start until. I think 8.30. Oh, wow. Uh, that That's when it said it was going to open, but they didn't start till like 8.45. This all still kind of tracks, though, with with Claypool not having openers. Um, if, you, if you look him up, he's he has described their sound. They're kind of they're kind of a jam band, like even more than Primus would be. Totally. He described their sound as King Crimson meets Pink Floyd meets Frank Zappa, which to me screams, we're about to play for three hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is kind of true. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But, uh, one thing that I could say regarding, you know, it, it's, it's all less Claypool. So it, it all sounds similar, but 
for the biggest difference with this is there's a lot more band members. There's not just three of them. <laughs> and so they have a keyboard player slash organist. They have a xylophone percussion player, a drummer, a saxophonist, a guitarist, and then Les, who plays multiple basses. So does this version of the group have Sean Lennon? I think so. Uh, he's a guitarist that, I mean, John Lennon's son and a guitarist, and uh, they've done their own project together. But uh, from what I'm understanding, it's kind of a rotating cast, and it sounds like he's been part of a more recent cast. I think that was him. It was. It's hard to tell because they also, they come out and they they all, since it's, you know, a brigade, they they have milita- <laughs> military uh, uniforms and and helmets. They all had helmets. Yes. Oh. <laughs> At least they're in character. It, yeah. It shouldn't be hard to tell. He's like a chip off the old block. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was kind of interesting because he had he had glasses on, kind of looked like Slash. So it was like <laughs> it was it was it was an interesting getup. But uh, but yeah, the as far as being a jam band, yeah, that's a lot of what this was, which is awesome if you if if you're a fan of people being awesome musicians then you'd be a fantasy in this show the keyboard player was top notch the percussion xylophone guy was absolutely nuts like he he went off on a couple of songs and you know you know how the you know how some of those players xylophone players will have like either four mallets or six mallets like all at one time that was this guy so he awesome. was he was beating the hell out of the the xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing that's about the show, so they played tons of cover songs. They played Mirror in the Bathroom, the English beat song. And Oh yeah. Yeah. That was very interesting to hear Les sing that with his voice Les's vocals are always humorous to me because i mean they're they are what they are they're it's it's all him so they they played lots of different covers and then uh the biggest thing that they did so they played the entirety of pink floyd's animals so that's looks like seven tracks that they played from pink floyd's animals and a lot of them were referenced, a lot of them on that album reference pigs. You have pigs on the wing, part one, pigs on the wing, part two, pigs, three different ones. So the three little pigs. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't play, they didn't play that. I wish, I wish they covered that. That'd be hilarious. Man, I would love to hear that. That would be, <laughs> be super cool. That'd be super awesome with, with Les's vocals. Doing green jelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be all over that. So a couple of things I have to point out just for being at the factory. We we've referenced before in a previous episode, the head PE episode where we had, we had a fucker in a fedora. Well, there was, there was all sorts of fedoras at the show and trucker hats and like Halloween costumes. And it was, it was quite the crowd. <laughs> I mean, it's a Primus show. I wouldn't expect any less. Exactly. Exactly. And then a lot of the dudes in fedoras, 
just like before, tried to like sneak their way up to the front so they could touch the guardrail. And <laughs> it's very strange. I don't understand what it is about people in fedoras wanting to touch the guardrail, but apparently it's is a it thing. A magical guardrail? <laughs> no, no. Hmm. Just just dudes that love to push and crowd people out of their spot, their space bubble. <laughs> it's something about the hat. It just makes I, them feel. I don't know. Self righteous. It's it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> My fedora makes me better than you. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing this hat. I get to stand here. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> entitled hat wearers. And just like just like other concert uh, reviews that we've done, a lot of people tried to uh, just walk in front of me just because they thought there was space <laughs> that they could get there. <laughs> Which... Is is very annoying, but can't really do much about it. We need to make a personalized shirt for you that says there's not enough space in front of me. Don't stand there. <laughs> Don't yep. get too close. With yeah. an itch logo on the back. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Can't stand here. Spot taken. <laughs> now remind me, did you technically have a seat? I technically did, yes. But you didn't use it? But I didn't use it. Okay. I'd have been seated the whole time at that show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were the next for the following show, but okay. Yeah. 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 I did have a seat, but I wanted, I wanted to, since, since I got there early enough and I had a pretty good spot, I didn't want to, didn't want to work my way up to the, the balcony, but I was kind of hoping that there was like entirely floor seats for this, for this show, but that didn't happen either. That's all right. Do you think people heckle Les Claypool like in his own voice? <laughs> like if I were going to say something to Les Claypool from the crowd, I feel like for some reason my brain would naturally translate it into Les Claypool Primus voice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not heckling, but just anything. Yeah. I'd be talking like Claypool all night long if I were at that show. <laughs> well, speaking of that, he, he actually did do a little bit of crowd banter, which was kind of unique because he typically doesn't really do that all that much whenever he performs which is a shame because he's hilarious exactly, yeah, exactly. and so <laughs> he was just gazing upwards towards the ceiling at the uh fixture that is at the factory with this the giant fixture. yeah the giant uh you know hexagon mirror thing with gears gears yeah yeah and he was he was staring up at it and confused and then it it brought on an interesting conversation with with he and some of the band members and he said that he has an irrational fear that like his testicles would get caught in it which i don't know how that's possible be, being how the many questions yeah <laughs> to answer before we get to that fear <laughs> something exactly. that is on the ceiling that is probably a, a 40 you know like a yeah. four story foot uh, ceiling yeah yeah what were they doing that close to it anyway like, <laughs> yeah, right and why how are you laying laying down up there <laughs> <What's> the, <laughs> the physics don't make sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was something that les claypool would ponder <laughs> so as they were playing pink floyd's animals there was a guy next to me that was losing his mind <laughs> just he was he was so happy that they're playing it and he, he just c kept yelling yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was because of shrooms because it was a well, Claypool concert, but it might have yeah, been that too. He might have he might have been on shrooms. Who knows? It probably make more sense. Maybe so was the guy in the fedora, just like before. But uh, <laughs> so he played. They played animals, and then like as they're finishing up, the guy's yelling out, "Play it again! Yeah. Play it again!" <laughs> it's like no, dude. He, he needs to move on to other stuff, dude. What if he heard that guy was like, "Oh, okay, let's do this again." Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's. <laughs> the same song again yeah i was just thinking about how like borderline useless it is to yell at bands to play stuff exactly but once in a while it does yeah. take <laughs> yeah, yeah like i was thinking about the foo fighters at riot yeah when somebody got him to play white limo white limo impromptu yeah. so like, oh, well, i mean sometimes it'll work i guess i don't know exactly and so like i said the the jam band aspect of this was awesome the saxophone player was fantastic he only played for like a third of the set. So he would play like one song and then kind of go off stage and then come back for another song and then go off stage. But Les would shoot him some questions every now and again. And, and he would speak back in like in military jargon, like, you know, <laughs> yes, sir. You know, <laughs> Sergeant Baker. Yeah, exactly. Sergeant Baker. I do like their dedication to the shtick. Yes. They're a brigade, so they exactly. out with funny. <laughs> it's like it's like what do you think about that, Sergeant? Ah, not much, sir. Not much. You know, or however <laughs> however he phrased it. But he was he was awesome. At one point, so after they play after they played Pink Floyd, he played like one measure of Southbound Pachyderm and the crowd went nuts. And yeah. then he and then he didn't play the rest of it at all. It was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so unfortunate so in fact he did not play any primus at all on the show not that he owes it to do that but i would have been so mad if i heard a yeah. of stuff on pachyderm and then got it ripped away from me it was and then that was Ooh. it <laughs> they moved on damn it i can't do it <laughs> yeah 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 the whistles <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no whistle. It was just just that one measure, and then that was done. I'm nominate Southbound Pachyderm as one of the most perfect song titles of all time. <laughs> I just just thinking about the words and the way that they flow and yeah. how stupid the concept is. <laughs> yeah, it's just so great. <laughs> and then and then you envision the the claymation video. Yeah, oh, I always I always envision the uh, jumping elephant. That, yeah, uh, when we saw him for the 3D concert. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, there's that too. It was an elephant jumping on a trampoline, and it was in. Oh, that would have been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've ever wanted. (laughs) It was. It was amazing. It was. Really, really quickly. So, so they, at the start of the concert, they did an intermission, but they did not play a Popeye cartoon. But they did, however, play music that was like it was from a Popeye cartoon. So if we do interview less, I definitely have to ask him why they play like 40s music slash Popeye cartoons. They didn't get the rights in perpetuity to play Popeye, so they had to go for the, the knockoff. Well, I think, I think they didn't have I think they didn't want to make people stand there and watch Popeye cartoons. That's fair too. And yeah, and they didn't have a screen for it probably. But um they so they they go off stage and they they play the 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves a snack. And then they played more 40s music and then they did that for about a half hour. And then <laughs> long enough, long enough to where it was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they came back on and they played a lot more cover songs towards the end of the show they did like an encore and they went off stage and then it was like 10 30 ish at that point so i thought they i thought they were done and i wanted to uh kind of beat the rush before the the crowd got out but then as i as i exit the building they played a cover of jethro toll's locomotive breath and i got to hear it clear as day but i did not film it so that was unfortunate but it was it was definitely interesting hearing that. So as I'm as I'm standing there waiting for waiting for my Uber, um, this young younger couple walks out, and the the guy is talking to his girlfriend, and he's like, "That was the worst concert I've ever been to." <laughs> <laughs> and, and the girlfriend's like smiling and laughing. And because mostly of just how angry this guy was. And I would not make that statement because I enjoy, I enjoy less, uh, playing his bass and, and being, and being his goofy self. And also you've seen, you've seen bad bands, uh, yeah. not even in the very distant past. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if if he wants if he wants to see a bad band, I got a I got a suggestion for him. We we have ideas. <laughs> One that will steal the show. <laughs> uh, so I, I thought that was funny that 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 interaction happened. Uh, that the guy had such a terrible experience. I did not. He must have been there to see Primus or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't know if they. Bad. I don't know if they got the tickets for free from somebody and they just didn't know what to expect i don't know um at one point so there were no frogs at all yeah yes. <laughs> that's why he was disappointed right right I came for the frogs <laughs> yeah saw the brigade but where were the frogs <laughs> nobody was flying either <laughs> yeah there was a brigade that was the extent of what they did <laughs> um at one point the Instead of wearing the helmets, they all wore a pig mask, and uh, Les played the stand-up bass. So that was that was awesome to watch. Nice. Now you're talking. Yeah. So it was is very much very much a Les Claypool type show. If you if you were familiar with Les Claypool, you probably enjoyed yourself. Unlike that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great show, and definitely was glad that I got to to watch it. I can assure you that is not a damn thing that we heard coming out of the show on <laughs> fucking Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So about a month later that I saw Les Claypool, <laughs> uh, we saw Joe Bonamassa at the Fabulous Fox Theater, which was awesome for many reasons. Yeah. So for one, I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to John from Prospect PR because we were able to get a, a ticket from my, my dad and we were able to bring him and He's a huge blues fan. Uh, he, he's loved Joe Bonamassa and, and, and the blues, you know, for most of his life. And he's one of the, the 
influences that got me into music. So to be able to bring him to a concert like this was quite amazing, especially, you know, doing it with with our podcast. Um, it, it was it was an accomplishment, almost like, you know, see where I'm at now, Dad. Check it out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny because he obviously has higher expectations of us than we do of ourselves. OK, <laughs> and so let me just explain that real quick. So, uh, so we go down there and we're like, he's like, you know, do you guys know where you're sitting? Do you know what's going on? And he was like, no, I have no idea. We just got tickets. We're just excited to be going. I could care less where we're sitting, you know, wherever it's, I'm just glad that we're going to be there. Uh, and he's like, oh, you guys are going to be crazy. You're going to be, you're going to be, he's like, you're going to be surprised. Like it, you'll, you'll have amazing seats, probably like the best seats possible. And I was like, nah, no, it's, it's, you know, we've gotten tickets before. Like if it's seats, like, yeah, there was one situation where it was really, really good seats, but most of the time it's just kind of wherever yeah. they can fit us. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we got there early because I didn't want another Metallica situation. <laughs> Even though I've been to the Fox several times, I've never had any issues because they have a really nice parking garage where you just like literally can park in there, walk right across the street, go to the Fox. You're there. Bang, bang, boom. And that's pretty <laughs> much what we did. Park in the garage. We walked up to Will Call, got our tickets and uh, the tickets were were front row orchestra pit, which. Yeah. So to, to give some context real quick, I have been. So my, my dad, actually, this is another really awesome thing to bring to to bring kind of full circle. My dad had Fox tickets uh, from his mom, basically in our family for years. Honestly, I think it was like since the late 70s, early 80s. And we had fourth row center tickets. It was row D seats one and two. I specifically remember that. And so like before we dropped the tickets during the pandemic, they screwed us out of our front row our fourth row center seats because we had, you know, basically had to make a, be a Fox member club in order to keep those tickets. And which was like a $2,000 more on top of our season ticket prices. So we're like, no, this is stupid. So yeah. So (laughs) we're like, so they were like, well, we'll, you know, for equivalent, we'll, we'll get you somewhere else. And they basically dropped us from D to row J. And it was, it was heartbreaking because like, you know, these are tickets that we've had in our family since, like I said, the seventies, and it was just so I don't know, it was kind of like the last straw. We ended up dropping the season tickets. And so to go back there at the Fox and then to be orchestra pit row one was just incredible. Like it, like seeing that on the ticket was just like, oh, what? Yeah, it was it was <laughs> funny. For real. It was funny. So I walk up and I, I show my ID to get the tickets and they and the guy's like. Oh, is it is it under KC? Like, yep, it's under KC puts the tickets in the envelope, reads it out, reads it out loud and says, you know, or- or- orchestra pit two, row one, whatever. And then as, as he says that, Dan, Dan's like, are you shitting me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we get down there and it, it's, it's interesting because where we were sitting, it kind of, it was the front row, but it, it curves and it was, we had technically seats one, three, five, even though it was only three seats. But we were right next to the speaker, basically, more or less. And right in front of the stage. Right in front of the stage. It was incredible because all night you're staring up at Joe and the band and you feel like he is playing a personal show for you. Like there is not 2,000, 4,000. I don't know how, how many 
people yeah, yeah, the yeah. box holds but there's not it doesn't feel like there's like 8000 people behind you yeah. it feels like there's just joe in front of you and you and that's it like it is it was just incredible that was like the most i've i've honestly i can say i've been to concerts so many so, times in my life i've never experienced anything like that like to where i feel like i'm the only one in the entire venue yeah and it was it was just awesome and the look on on lewis's face was was priceless he was just so happy to to be a part of the process so that was that was a cool thing to to experience as well cuz that's the first time we've taken one of one of dan's parents to a, to a show yeah now I gotta find a, a concert appropriate for my mom since she exactly. does all the babysitting and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You do owe your mom. I do for, for some time. babysitting. Yeah, Big time. we gotta yeah. get we gotta get her get her hooked up. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was it, it was amazing. Like from the from the time like the show started, like he just came out there with his with his one of many guitars. Like I started keeping. I tried to keep yeah. track of how many he had. I think he had about eight. I was gonna say. I think counted. you were saying before we before we even got there, he's like, I think he's going to bring out like 10 guitars. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know he has that many because he has like hundreds. But <laughs> how many but, does he go on tour with? You know? Yeah. But how many does he go on tour with and how many will he change out, you know, per set? And the answer is about eight. <laughs> so and, and, Yeah. And it, it really is dependent on how many songs he plays because he, he switches out guitars like every two songs or so. Yeah. Sometimes every other, yeah. Yeah, every, every, almost every song sometimes, yeah. yeah. And sometimes he goes back to the previous guitar that he had <laughs> before. But just like watching Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Joe Bonamassa's on a completely different level. There's There was one part in the show where he's like, all right, let's bring it down. Let's bring it down more. And it got quieter and quieter and quieter. And it, he's playing the guitar with such softness that it's like it's bare you could like barely hear it coming out the monitor but it but it it was clean and crisp but he he like quiet i've never i've never seen a guy play guitar like he was whispering but that's what that's what he was that's what he was doing with the guitar and it was it was so awesome to watch him do what he does and he's funny too uh yeah you know as he's introducing his band members he you know he's introducing them in, in the hilarious ways and and my, one of my favorite moments of the entire night was when he introduced his keyboardist mr reese winans the legendary rock and roll hall of famer known for his work in stevie ray vaughn and double trouble and so what he said actually was like back in 1987 stevie ray vaughn signed the door for the green room that i'm staying in <laughs> and you know who played this venue back in 1987 that motherfucker he's like that guy right there and he actually because he cursed too he's like that fucking guy right there (laughs) 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 but it was really funny because like before the show started my dad was telling me that like he the last concert that he saw at the fox was stevie ray vaughn in 87 and so when he said you know who was who was here Back in '87, yeah. Steve Ray Vaughn played this fucking guy, and I was like, "Yeah, this fucking guy too." And pointed at <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It's great. Yeah, he, they only played. Uh, may, maybe this is surprising for some, maybe not for others, but they only played eight tracks. But a lot of them went way long. 
<laughs> as as a blues song would do. <laughs> eight track he played for two hours and 15 minutes with no intermission started at eight sharp and it did not end until 10 15 wow yeah yeah i feel like blues tracks in general like by definition uh, they are of indeterminate time <laughs> that song's yeah. gonna go as long like, as it feels like going <laughs> yeah so he basically he started off with i believe the first four tracks were off of uh blues deluxe volume two and then it has it listed as track seven, but it's it's really like three or four things. It's he did a cover of Just Got Paid from ZZ Top. Then it kind of morphed into Dazed and Confused, the Led Zeppelin. And then there was a massive drum solo that happened for like seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it was one hell of a show. Yeah. Every, and, you know, of course, you expect the best artists to be with Joe Bonamassa and and he did he had like these two ladies that were phenomenal vocalists as backup singers he had an amazing guitar player uh in Josh Smith he had an amazing bass player and drummer uh I, I apologize that their name slips my slips me but he also brought on you know other uh guitarists too he brought on Kirk Fletcher who's a legendary blues guitarist and, and another guy from St. Louis Mike Izzo yeah I think was his name. I apologize. I apologize if I botched your name, but yeah, it was, it, it was incredible. And that, that was also another awesome moment because Mike is from St. Louis and he had told Joe apparently before the show, he had never played on the Fox's stage. And so to see like the three of them playing, like just, you know, dueling solos and uh, they were just feeding off each other. It was, it was so cool. That was just one of the coolest moments for me yeah. seeing the chemistry that all three of them had, you know, even though they, probably just started playing a couple, you know, days ago, maybe who knows, right? Maybe not Kirk Fletcher and, and Joe, but like Mike. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. So at one point you had Josh, you had Mike, you had Joe and Kirk and they're all playing guitar pretty much at the same. I mean, they're all doing solos separately, but they're all playing at the same time. So it was, it was an awesome blues blues performance. Yeah. Everything you could have hoped for you, you got like it was it was music. It was guitar. It was lots of solos. And I had to take a couple of videos because everybody says that Joe Bonamassa is, is the greatest guitarist. And you can't explain it to kids. Yeah, like, right. Like I I wanted to show a video to my, my children to, to kind of show exactly why Joe is the greatest. And it's, it's his hands. Like yeah. and he's he's so effortless. But his hands like his he moves. His fingers are just like just all over the place, just touching everywhere on the guitar, like all at once. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even watching our videos, like how many fingers do you have? I think he's got 12. I think he's got, 12 he's got extra fingers. That's how he does this. <laughs> got a 12 string guitar. I got a 12 fingered guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was awesome. And like, and like Dan said earlier, there was a couple spots where Joe would play and kind of walk, walk along the, the, the stage. And he literally like walked right in. Like if he if he fell, he would fall in our lap. Like that's how that's how close he was. And so, you'd have been like, "Remember us?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we talked a couple months ago. Exactly. <laughs> well, my dad was wearing the itch shirt. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so he was. We were sporting. Good job on him for representing. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. I was wearing a Jimi Hendrix shirt. I I felt still appropriate. So yeah, it is. It is appropriate. <laughs> It was it was awesome. So they hit up Blues Deluxe, and then they just went off on all sorts of other blues songs, and 
Joe's going on a massive tour, so uh, definitely should check that out if he's in your area. Yeah, you love blues, you love music, you love guitar. Go. Just go. <laughs> and whether you're able to get to see him live or not, The Itch definitely recommends checking out his new album, Blues Deluxe Volume 2. And you can hear him talk a little bit more about that and a lot more about the music industry uh, in episode 182, if you want to scan backwards in our archives a little bit. It was a really good conversation. The more I listen to it, the more I appreciated him. Yeah, I'd love to have him back on the show you know, soon, that's for sure. Yeah. Agreed. So thank you very much for listening to our recollection of the Les Claypool and the Joe Badamasa shows, the two of the greatest artists at their instruments that there are in the business, that's for sure. If only uh, Joe Bonamassa and Les Claypool joined a band together. That would be interesting. Who would play drums for them? Josh Freese. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That was quick, too. That was quick. Because <laughs> Josh Freese plays drums for everyone. It's true. <laughs> exactly. He's the guy. I was that just was thinking, impressive. like, who would. Yeah. I was just thinking of, like, who would be the equivalent to go see. But if you think about it, like, there's not really, like, frontman drummer like this band is you know th- this is the drummer artist that you're going to see yeah. per se right in the way that a guitarist or even a, a bassist in Claypool's situation for sake of multi-generational uh action how about some uh rj hale oh there you go <laughs> now you're just talking about the people you you like the most <laughs> <laughs> you know he'd do it though and he'd have a blast <laughs> And he'd probably be uber freaked out by Les Claypool's weirdness, but he would love it. (laughs) Or he'd match it. I was going to say, or Claypool would be freaked out by his weirdness. Either way, (laughs) the energy would be hilarious, and I'd love it. (laughs) So thank you very much for listening to The Itch. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, that's the worst show I ever podcasted. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about The Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Go see a concert. Maybe it'll suck. always a risky run you no, know that's that's no that was more of a joke on, on primus but yeah oh right no, <laughs> no. Primus, primus does not suck no, I'm, I'm just kidding. i was gonna make a primus sucks joke about the guy that said it was the worst show he'd ever seen yeah. but i just i don't know it didn't it didn't feel like that great so i let it slide yeah <laughs>